We're back with another episode of Who's Your Myths and Legends. I'm Rebecca Wilhelm. I'm Mary Quigley. And I'm Hope Wilhelm. Join us as we dive into the spookier side of the Hoosier State. So what comes to your mind when you think of Indiana? Do you think of corn? Do you think of basketball? Do you think of the Indianapolis 500? Maybe you think of famous celebrities who were born in Indiana, like John Mellencamp or Michael Jackson. But as the saying goes, there was more than corn in Indiana. 92 counties make up the Hoosier State. In this podcast, we are going to discuss some Indiana folklore from each of these counties. If you are into tall tales, ghosts, or spooky legends, then this is a podcast you are not going to want to miss. We're back for part two of our Haunted Indianapolis episode. In our last episode, we brought you five of the most haunted locations in Indy. In this episode, we have five more haunted locations to tell you about. An Indy park with tales of a ghostly harmonica being heard, a restaurant serving up some spirits, and we're not talking about their drinks. A theater reported to have been built on an Indian burial ground. A hospital with a reputation for treating the insane with methods that would be considered barbaric today. Indianapolis is also home to a house that was given the nickname, the house that reeks of death. We will also talk about the catacombs that are located under the city market. So sit back, relax, and see if you have ever heard of the stories about these famous Indy locations. episode we didn't talk about any of the haunted restaurants there's one restaurant that always comes up if you do a search online about it number five on our list is the slippery noodle restaurant we covered this restaurant in season one episode 16 slippery noodle originally opened as the tremont house in 1850 it is indiana's oldest continually operated bar located in the same building it's located near lucas oil stadium the building has some very neat history to it that is correct There have been a lot of famous musicians that have played there over the years, and many famous celebrities have eaten there, too. There is a connection to Aurora, Indiana, because blues guitarist Lonnie Mack played there. I thought that was really cool to learn. So let's get into some of the stories and the legends about the building. I read that wine bottles seem to open themselves. The creepiest story is the one of the contractor who reached into a box and felt a hand next to his. I agree. I I cannot imagine reaching in and feeling that. I'd be running out. The building also has your typical ghostly complaints of cold air and doors slamming. During the Civil War, the building was part of the Underground Railroad, and according to the Indy Star article, slaves were hidden there. There is also the ghost of a slave that haunts the building as well. There's a ghost of a murdered lady of the night that has appeared to employees by standing in an upstairs doorway. Apparently, the ghost likes to open the door to her former room and close it. You will walk by and see it closed. When you go by again, it's open. 
And I still have not been to this restaurant, but I'm thinking that we really need to do this the next time we're in Indy. Agreed. I'm always in for a road trip. Looking at their menu, they do have jerk chicken, which you know is my favorite. It sounds really good. That's it. Next Indy trip, we're doing it. Number four on our list is the Rivoli Theater. The Rivoli Theater has a really interesting past. It was built in 1927 by Universal Studios, and it was the very first theater in Indiana to show movies with sound. According to the theater's website, the building was built in the Spanish Mission Revival style. It includes iron brackets, small second floor, fake balcony, and of course, there's this roof of red clay tile. It sounds like it was really beautiful. It really was beautiful, and the auditorium had this glass dome with a tulip design border. I also thought it was interesting that the theater was built not only for movies, but it was also able to show theatrical performances as well. It actually had the largest stage in Indianapolis at the time. The acoustics were said to be one of the best in the country. Apparently, it was so good that there was a famous organist named Dessa Beard who recorded two of her albums in the theater. Universal sold the theater in 1937. It's changed owners several times since. It is currently owned by the Rivoli Center for Performing Arts. They have owned the building since 2007 and are working on restoring it. So let's get into the ghost stories associated with the Rivoli. Legend claims that the land that the theater was built on top of was a Native American burial ground. And apparently there was a farmhouse on the land before the theater was constructed. And that farmhouse actually was supposed to have been haunted. Over the years, people claim that they hear toilets in the restrooms flushing on their own when no one is around to have done it. Something else strange associated with the restrooms is that the sink faucets apparently turn on by themselves. Well, women have reported feelings of being watched while they're in the women's restroom. Creepy. The creepiest and most talked about legend is the apparitions that appear. And staff has seen the apparitions of patrons sitting in the auditorium seats. And when they go in to ask them, you know, how how did you get in this building? We were closed. The people just dissolve. They just kind of disappear right before their eyes. There are legends of a man seen running down the aisles only to disappear. Yeah, a couple who's dressed up with the man in a tux and the ladies wearing this white evening gown. And they don't seem to be noticing anyone else around them. They're just sitting in two chairs and they're kind of look like they're watching either a movie or some kind of a show. And they pay no mind to anybody who's even speaking to them. It's really creepy. A former owner and staff have reported items going missing, either reappearing days later or never. Well, there are reports of lights that turn themselves on and off. And the biggest thing that the theater is known for is um, light bulbs that just explode. The building is not open to the public right now as it is undergoing extensive restoration efforts. The roof caved in and there are ongoing efforts to restore everything. It's such a neat place and it's sad to see it in such bad condition. Well, I really hope that they can continue their restoration efforts and that the building can be repaired and fixed up because really, in all honesty, it's a neat part of history, not only for Indianapolis, but for the whole state of Indiana as well. Number three on our list is something that I did not know about until working in downtown Indy, the Indianapolis catacombs under the city market. The catacombs are 20,000 feet of underground tunnels that were used to transport and store goods for the marketplace. Well, what's known as the catacombs is actually the basement of the old Tomlinson Hall that was there until a fire destroyed the building in 1958. 
Tomlinson Hall was a huge four-story building that served many purposes. It was built in 1883 and opened in 1886. There were many important events that were held at the hall. In 1888, a party was held for Benjamin Harrison's nomination for president. Harrison ended up winning the election and becoming our 23rd president. Yet many rallies were held during that First World War. They also celebrated the Indianapolis Centennial there in 1920. The building was used for sporting events, lots of basketball tournaments, and I've even heard that the first basketball game played in Indianapolis occurred at Tomlinson Hall. That's neat. It sounds like it was kind of a big event center. That's exactly what it was. Um, It actually served as kind of a town meeting hall for 71 years. After a fire destroyed the building in 1958, Tomlinson Hall was torn down. All that remains is an arch and the basement, which is now what we call the Indianapolis Catacombs. Something strange is that people really don't know what the tunnels were used for. They just know it was used for storage. Well, they do know that disaster relief supplies were kept in the catacombs after the 1913 Indianapolis flood. And in the 1900s, it was opened for homeless people during a very cold winter. They don't have any record of the building being used for burials or anything like that, but there have been some strange things being reported. What's mostly reported is lights or blurs appearing when a picture is taken. And the catacombs have become a popular spot for paranormal groups to investigate. Well, the good news is that the ghost groups that have been do not think there is anything bad down there. We'll be back with our next haunted location after a short break. Our podcast is growing, and it's so exciting to see all of our new followers on social media and all of the many downloads of our podcast. Most of our listeners come from iHeartRadio. However, we are on all the major podcast platforms. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us through. Your comments and likes help others find us. Thank you for tuning in to the Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. Now back to our show. Number two on our list is a house that is known as the house that reeks of death. We are talking about the famous Hannah House. This house looks so interesting. This mansion has a long history of being probably the most haunted house in Indianapolis. Reports of the paranormal go back a very long time. Well, the mansion was built in 1858 by Alexander M. Hannah, and it was built in the Italianate design, but it has Greek revival influences. Mr. Hannah is a pretty interesting guy. Just the jobs he held are fascinating and different. He was a harness maker, a former Marion County Sheriff, a farmer, a prospector, a state legislator, and he also worked for the Indiana Central Railroad, which his father was the president of. On the Hannah House's website, I read that the Indianapolis Southport Toll Road actually was built crossing Hannah's property. This was the very first toll road in Marion County. Now this road was a road that you could take from Indy to Madison, Indiana. Well, Mr. Hannah collected money for that toll road from 1860 to 1895. Hannah collected tolls from travelers along his section of this gravel-surfaced road. And I think it's really neat. There's actually still a street that's south of this house that's called Hannah Avenue, and it is named after him. Something neat about Mr. Hannah is that he was a very strong abolitionist and was very outspoken against slavery. Yes, Mr. Hannah had a passion for the Underground Railroad, and his house is reported to have been a stop along the way. In fact, the house's association with the Underground Railroad is a source for one of the most talked-about ghost legends that's associated with the house. The story goes that one rainy evening, a group of slaves were hiding in the Hannah cellar. 
The slaves are waiting for exactly the right time to make their getaway. All of a sudden, one of them accidentally tripped over an oil lamp. This, of course, caused the cellar to catch on fire. The slaves weren't able to escape, and many of them ended up passing away from their injuries. After the slaves passed, they were quickly buried under the cellar floor. They did this because they were afraid of anyone finding out the house was an underground railroad stop. People have reported actually seeing the apparitions of slaves and also hearing talking and moaning and whispering when they've been down in the cellar. Another ghost story involves the ghost of a stillborn baby that is said to haunt one of the upper bedrooms. When Alexander Hanna married Elizabeth Jackson in 1872, they had hoped to have children. Sadly, Elizabeth was only able to become pregnant one time. It was a very difficult pregnancy and birth, and the baby was actually sadly born still. An article on Fox 59 claims that the mansion was given the nickname The House That Reeks of Death because occasionally one of the bedrooms smells like rotting flesh, but the next day it smells like roses. It's said that this is the spirit of the baby manifesting. Visitors to the home have also reported seeing the apparition of Mr. Hannah in the house. Very strange noises. They do Friday night tours in October. We're going to have to go to one. All right. We're finally about to reveal the creepiest place that we think there is in Indiana. And number one on our list is the Indiana Central State Hospital. And I think this by far has to be, has to be the creepiest location in the entire state of Indiana. Originally known as the Central Indiana Hospital for the Insane, it opened its doors in 1848. Because of reports of abuse, loss of funding, and the movement to not institutionalize patients, the hospital closed back in 1994. And today, many of the buildings that were located on the property, they've been, they've been torn down. The old pathology building is now home to the Indiana Medical Museum. Now, officially, the area is said to not be haunted, but in reality... And of course, you know there's stories of ghosts. People have reported to hear screams that come from the underground tunnels. Orbs and apparitions have been seen on the grounds. The saddest thing to me is that the buildings were torn down and other structures have been built. But while they've been building other buildings, they've found a lot of other graves. There are reportedly a lot of mass burials and unmarked graves located on the grounds. That's really sad and depressing to think about. Also, it's just very creepy. Have you ever had a ghostly or unexplained experience while visiting Indy? Are you familiar with some of these legends about Indianapolis that we talked about? We would love to hear about it. Please send us an email to whosyourmissinglegends at gmail.com. We may use it in a later episode. In the email, let us know if you wish to remain anonymous.
To see our source material, please visit our website, HoosierMissandLegends.com. Please find us and follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast is a Quigley Virtual Services production. Our theme song was written and recorded by Wet Blanket. The song title is Taxidermy Race Car. As always, stay spooky.